Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Match Ball. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hello to you. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Match ball. Burnley. Away. 4-0. Oof. Should have been more. Should have been five. I wanted blood at the end, but 4 is fine. Pascal strikes header. That was your fifth goal. Would have been the first goal. He was excellent today, was was Pascal, actually. I will come on to everyone else, but probably an unsung hero today because start of the season, if you'd set up against experience like Vidra and Wood and Barnes, difficult Premier League, established wi- wily Premier League attackers. Established Premier League attackers at that, who know where the net is. Didn't know today, did they? They just knew how to bruise and batter and we were miles better than them. Yeah, they're quite good with the knees into the back and um, late challenges on goalkeepers as if it was the... 1953, it is FA Cup final day, so I think they're bringing a little bit of, of that back. Making Melier play on with a broken neck, that kind of thing. Um, well, let's go through this game, because it started a little bit inauspiciously, that first quarter of the match, maybe up to about 20 minutes. We did that classic thing that Bielsa's leads do of finding our range when we're not quite at the races, but we're just feeling it out, seeing what they're all about. But from that point onwards, that as that half went on, we just grew into the ascendancy and then absolutely, well, twatted them. It felt like the early stages, there wasn't an awful lot of football being played. They had us a little bit pending, but they weren't actually creating much from it. They just had a lot of the ball in our half. As soon as it started, the game started getting spread out and football was being played, we were just absolutely miles better than them. We're always a little bit suboptimal when we play against two centre-forwards because we go three at the back, so that's a change from last week where you know there weren't just the fact that uh, Phillips was back in for Cork and... Rafinha was starting in place of Roberts. There was the change of formation as well that we have to do because of two centre-forwards. And that always seems to make us just a little bit less than absolutely world-class um, for a while. And then once we get over that, we're the best team in the world again. So it just took that little bit of time to readjust. Isn't it funny that in that first game against Burnley, we weren't quite there. They they just had us. They had our, our number. But this one was, it was men against boys. It was totally different. That. That's kind of it. I saw somebody tweeting this morning that we traditionally struggle against teams who set up like Burnley. And I don't know if that's really true, but we don't look at our best against them. 
but we can just beat them 4-0 if we have to. And I felt <laughs> like today, we had to, so and, we did. Uh, we did, we just went out there and we thrashed them. Uh, and it really was sensational, that, that second half. I think it's one of my favourite halves of football because there's nothing at stake, because we're in fine form, tails are up. And they had no answer to it because their sole plan seemed to be, apart from the aggression, was just to twat it forward. It's really one-dimensional stuff. And their plan when it didn't work was to bring on two other strikers who also did nothing. So people criticise Bielsa for not having a plan B. What's Deitch's plan B? Get some other people to do the same job better maybe and then they don't it's what Bielsa does but just miles better though isn't it <laughs> yeah you can't you can't really compare the two can you I mean, Burnley's most sort of threatening attacking player look like Charlie Taylor playing for his move I mean there are other left backs in the world who we could bring to Leeds United if we if we need one Mike Whitlow for instance if we if it has to be for somebody that's played for Leeds United before you know Whitlow versus Taylor which one are you going to choose which one is more like a racing car going into turbo was there a point at the start of that game where you thought they might make the afternoon quite difficult for us? Because they did start very aggressively and on the front foot and those first 15 minutes, we didn't really have a chance to catch our breath. I don't feel we were ever overly stretched by them, though. It felt like we were we defended well during that period. I think there was one bit in the opening couple of minutes where it got a bit scruffy in the box and it looked like it might break to someone. But Melier didn't have any saves to make in that period, did he? I don't think. Just had to deal with elbows and shoves and stuff like that. Yeah, which they seemed, they seemed really annoyed about committing fouls all afternoon, didn't they? It seemed to be a thing that they did, that they'd committed a very obvious foul and then moan about it relentlessly, which is, which is not, very, um, not, very, not very British, not very English sportsmanship, which I expect from someone like Deitch, not these cheating foreigners like Bielsa. But, um, did you see him striding off towards the end of the game then, um, straight back to the dressing room, having done the cursory handshake office? But I bet that blue passport went right across that dressing room. I bet it did. It wasn't towards the end of the game. It was after the end of the game. You've made it sound like he just buggered off with 10 minutes to go. Bad enough. <laughs> he's got his car keys in his hand and he's done. That's it. He's off under the low fields tunnel. Watching the last, watching stoppage time from behind the, the wheel of his Ford Sierra. Before we get into the, the goals, let's talk about Alioski because, wow, what an individual that man is. I mean, You've forgotten, haven't you, about on 34 minutes, the shot that went for a throw-in. You've forgotten about that because of the, the childish face-pulling. <laughs> I have not forgotten about that. That's still... I don't know which one's funnier. What did you make of the shot that went towards the corner flag? It was... <laughs> what would you like us to make of it? I mean, it was just very Johnny, wasn't it? The whole afternoon was just him in a nutshell. There were great bits. There were some great overlapping runs. There were. He was in the right position. And you've got to remember he's a fullback and he's in that position waiting for that pullback because he knows that's where he needs to be. And then he gets there and he goes out for a throw-in. I mean, he did... Did you like it when he... Technically speaking, he did not make Charlie Taylor in the process of, of hitting it out for a throw-in. Which <laughs> that's, was, that's what it was like. And he knew that Rafinha had stepped offside, So I that think. was the real that was the real quiz. <laughs> did you like it when he fell over when no one was near him? <laughs> I'd highlight as well that when um, Llorente went off and came back on fuming about Tarkovsky having stuck his, his knee into his back and he, he marched back onto the field as if he was going to sort this guy out and... Um, Janny just made sure to calm him down by walking up behind him and patting him on the back of the head like he was uh, like he was bouncing a basketball, which is always I find that's an excellent way of um, just cooling people down is to tango them. We know we don't lose games when we go in front, so it was really nice to just go in and screw up their halftime team talk to all intents and purposes. That click finish, and I didn't realise until we saw the highlights at the end of the game didn't realise that he'd run that in from halfway because they just kept backing off and backing off and backing off, invited him on and he did what we've been willing him to do probably for half a season or more and just stroked it past Bailey Peacock Farrell. 
It was a very click finish, wasn't it? That that curling it in from the outside of the box with the, just with the inside of his foot, just just bending it just enough so inside the post. Only, and Bailey Peacock uh, Farrell, so so nearly there. I think Bailey Peacock Farrell today. He wasn't really at fault for any of the goals, was he? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say there's any you'd look at and you say he definitely needs to have saved that. He even let us down on that, didn't he? But he didn't save any of them, did he? No. Whereas Ilan Melier did save quite a few. I think Click's goal passed Bailey Peacock Farrell into the corner, just past that late save. How many times must that have happened in training? I think that's Click has, you know, he's not been hitting the goals as sweetly as we as we always want this season and he had the the chances against Spurs when he put them uh, well over the bar and I was I was quite content with that. I was like, click, it's like nature is healing. Click is shooting into the stands. This time, when he looked up and he just saw Bailey there, it's, oh, I've, I've done this so many times. I know exactly what to do and just that's what he needed. And uh, yeah, it ticked every box. Um, the, the long shot, the late dive, the frown afterwards, that kind of just ins- inscrutable face. I don't really know if, if Bailey was upset by any of the four goals, if he was happy about them, it, but what he was feeling at all. Um, but yes, it's uh, he he wasn't bad today, and he they even um, tested him with that back pass when Rodrigo could have got through and scored, and he he came through that one okay. But you're right, it's um, Bailey Peacock Farrell in goal, and it's not a clean sheet, is it? It's not a clean sheet. Levels, as the kids say, and his voice is um, is nowhere near as deep as Ilan. So I feel I'm going to uh, miss this when crowds are back in football stadiums and it's not as easy to hear which I'm sure is getting deeper and louder by game by game. I think he was doing it to upset Deitch today. Just stamping his authority, pissing on his territory, wasn't he? Just like, who's got the deepest voice in Burnley today, Sean? There were moments when I thought it was Deitch who was shouting only when I realised that Ilian had come for the ball and caught it, that it was actually him doing it. Can we hear from Deitch today? Have we got any post-match comments about how he felt that the game went? The referee should have called it back for a foul on that first one, and that's changed everything. Well, let's talk about that first one then, actually, because um, Rafinha, who didn't have a great game in the early stages, um, much like the team he came into the ascendancy as it went on, and obviously looked naturally delighted to have been taken off um, later on, but he got the assist for that first one. He assisted to, to Click. I mean, Click picked it up at halfway, Rafinha was in our right back position, but he still got an assist. Gabby Agbonlahar would not want it to be an assist, would he? Because it's it's not shouldn't count if it's a pass from further away from the is, goal. Is that what he's been that's, saying? That's what he's saying this week. Yeah, it was. It was I mean. It was made easy for Click because everyone just ran away for him, didn't it? But um, and the build up kind of summed up one of the things that's really wrong with Burnley, where they're crying and moaning about. I think it was Llorente, um allegedly fouling Vidra on the edge of the box and saying that, well, this goal should be ruled out because of this clear foul. Meanwhile, Tarkovsky is absolutely belted um, Bamford across the knees in the centre circle. Well, that's fine. Play on that. But what about that one back there? And it's um, the problem with Burnley is they want to do both. They want to be able to kick you really hard, but you can't be able to kick them at all. And it wasn't a foul either. It was just that Vidra was stood still and trying to wait for the ball to come to him. Llorente came from behind him and got the ball. And even the one on Bamford is kind of coming together off the ball. I, I, I know I said he belted him across the knees. It probably wasn't that bad, but you can't have both. If they're going to scream for that one, I'm going to start saying, well, get off Bamford. I thought Tarkovsky was lucky with that because I thought that looked like it was a booking. I think his one on Llorente should have been as well because he need him in the back and elbowed him in the back of the head. And it seems like it's one of those ones you can get away with because it, you can make it look a bit like a challenge. But where does... Where does excessive force go versus the Cooper one 
versus Pepe getting sent off for not really headbutting Alioski. It's like, well, that's everyone agrees that's a red. Everyone thinks that one should be maybe a red. No one thinks this is even vaguely a red, even though he's kneading right in the bottom of his spine. It's like the old thing where, you know, players get stretched off the field with their legs in several pieces after some late tackle and everybody says, yes, but you better not spit at anybody because that's the worst thing you can do in football. It's, nobody knows whether, nobody's ever known where the, the moral or ethical lines are in football. The, the one with Tarkovsky, if it had been studs, if there were stud marks in Llorente's back, red card but you do it with a knee you're not going to leave any uh, any marks there are you so or get away with it if he'd have headbutted the bottom of his back it probably would have been a red card ridiculously but you do it with a knee absolutely fine you ever headbutted a man's back I bet Johnny has <laughs> and if not there's still time for him to uh, to try isn't there I was really really pleased when Tarkovsky had that chance fall to him very late on uh, and it looked like they should have scored really when it was uh, he was sort of on the left hand side wasn't he and he just had to put it back across Ilian and he, uh, he spooned it away past the goal. I was really pleased that he missed that after the day he'd had. I was too, and he looked very lumbering, didn't he, compared to our more nimble centre-backs. We were saying how he looked, and uh, bear in mind, we're starting to film these now, so people can see how fat we are. But <laughs> we are basically slagging off athletes, athletes in peak condition for you, looking fat. But um, What do you mean, we? <laughs> well, you know. but um, yeah, he, I'm hiding behind Ilan Melier over here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, Moscow's a very thin man, but um, yeah, we're allowed to call other footballers a beast, aren't we? Because why well, not? I mean, the the whole point is that well, anything to do with football, you slag off what is not you. You slag off the other, don't you? That's the whole point of football. So um, yeah, those fat bastards can uh, can have it right up the bollocks. Um, it all um, swung into life about the hour mark, wasn't it? It was when um, Bamford went off for uh, for Rodrigo. Uh, nice nice afternoon for for Rodrigo. Let's talk about him because. Uh, I mean, Angus was saying when we spoke to him on the Phil Hayes show. Sorry, Angus. Who? Angus. Our mate, Angus. Kinnear uh, was saying there's more to come from Rodrigo, and it's just nice to see this little late late season flurry happen for him, I think. Well, we want to get a striker into the European Championships, don't we? We'll have two, won't we? Three, actually, if you count Tyler Roberts for Wales. Hopefully. That would be the ideal. Who was the other game-changing substitute? <laughs> Obviously, uh, Tyler Roberts comes on for matches click, and we scored two goals in 90 seconds. Coincidence? You be the judge. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, talk about um, about Rodrigo then. Nice finishes. Shame he didn't get the hat trick. The first one was a really nice finish. I thought the way the way, the first touch just completely took both defenders out of it. And we need to also talk about the build up for that because I think that was the one where Calvin hit the diagonal ball as well, wasn't it? Which was just mm-hmm. a. It wasn't. It was a strange height. It wasn't a raking ball across the ground. It wasn't over the top. It was just. It sort of went head height the entire way and just he teleported it. Just dropped in exactly the right place. It was. Gone, the ball is over here and it needs to be over there. So I'll just send it. But yeah, a great, great finish from Rodrigo and Bamford wasn't having an awful lot of luck, was he? I didn't think. I, th- I didn't think he was getting much from the referee. The Bamford. It felt like they were they were bullying him a little bit. Um, and but then Rodrigo came on and just went. You know what. There is a bit of a difference as well, and it's more it's to do with type of player rather than any criticism either way. But I don't think that pass, I don't think Harrison drills that pass into the edge of the box if um, Bamford's there. It was made for Rodrigo to have that little spin and turn and, and slot it in. Bamford's more, but Bamford just doesn't do that. <laughs> or if he does, he does it very quietly out of our sight. It's nice that Rodrigo's getting some goals now because I think it'll, apart from anything else, it'll take a bit of pressure off him going into summer when people are saying, oh, we just need to sell him, just get someone, get another striker in, change it again. Much as, in fairness, people were saying the season before, change the strikers, get rid of Bamford. No, nobody said that, did they? Big Kev was the future, wasn't he? <laughs> um, and it helps 
there's absolutely nothing wrong with having Bamford score against Spurs, then Rodrigo comes on and scores against Spurs, then Rodrigo scores a couple against Burnley, and then we're playing Southampton. Bamford will probably score in the first half there. And if they're both scoring goals, happy days. And do you think that um, that one where Harrison put it into his path, a little bit reminiscent of the goal at Stoke, you know, where Pablo laid it on a plate for Stuart Dallas to run from deep and just um, get it perfectly at the edge of the area. It was a little bit, a little bit, the weighting of the pass was a little bit like that. The new Pablo Hernandez, is that what you're saying? Of Jackie? I still love old Pablo, don't I you? I know, it's a shame, isn't it, to not even, not even on the bench. Although he didn't want to go to Burnley, probably, did he? No, I mean, it's not a, a reward, is it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. In talking about Rodrigo, actually, we've we've skipped past Jackie's goal to make it 2-0. And do you think he was surprised by that? There was a, a slightly sheepish look on his face. It was a, a cheeky little finish. I think at first you thought it had just deflected off him, but he, he definitely meant it. He just dangles a leg at it and just, just flicks it off the outside of his boot. And, and, and Alioski assist. It was very, very sweet of uh, Burnley to appeal for offside there, particularly um, Bailey Peacock Farrell with his arm in the air, even though he had a man either side of him that had been on the post. They were clearly um, clearly playing him onside. I was confused because our players just seemed to take it very much in their stride. Just There was no raucous celebration, so I thought maybe Jackie knows he's, he's standing in the wrong place, so he's not going to make a, a fool of himself. But I think it was more just that they didn't want to rub it in, which is nice, Good, more... Excellent sporting behaviour from our lads. Uh, just returning to the uh, the little chat we had about Janney, I'm just looking at the comments now. Uh, Bielsa talking about the referee's chat with him and Deitch. I prefer that the referee makes this public. Well, no. we avoided all that uh, when we were talking about Alioski before. We missed the main events, <laughs> distracted with him patting uh, Llorente on the head. There was some sort of incident and some name calling. I mean, I know Janney's the sort of guy who gets involved in these kind of things. That's probably the kindest thing I can say about him, but evidently, um, whoever it was that said it to him, whose name I can't remember. It was McNeil, McNeil. I think. Yeah, evidently McNeil has... Patricia McNeil. Uh, ...has said something to him on the floor that's caused him to react, but that could be anything from, hey, bleh, silly. Well, Alioski was heard sort of saying to the referee, did you hear what he said to me? 
um, and so and then um, that's then translated into a conversation with the two managers and the conversation with Luke Ayling is the captain, so you get him involved. So something seems like it's gone off, but who knows? And as Bielsa says, he prefers that the referee makes this public. So until the referee comes out and uh, or puts in his report what happened, we won't know. All that we know is that Alioski's reaction to it was excellent. I think he's found an interesting loophole because there's nothing in the rules about doing that, as far as I'm aware. Like, spitting, definitely not allowed, shirt pulling, all these different things you can do to try and upset people. All of them you can be booked for. Just doing that, whatever that was, that <laughs> that sort of gesture that an eight-year-old might do. And as a, as a reaction to I mean, whatever it was, he's obviously, he seemed unhappy about what McNeil leaned over and yelled into his ear which even on its own you you know somebody could be telling you um i think your hair is lovely and your eyes are a delight but you don't want them screaming it from two inches away from your ear as you're lying on the ground injured um to then so there's a, a reasonable expectation that a player let's call them joey barton would probably get up and start punching that fellow in the face Alioski has chosen a path of mocking him and um, making him look silly by pulling um, silly faces at him. I don't know if that's necessarily a, a useful response to um, people yelling abusive things at you in every situation, but in this one, seemed to do the job and um, and a good way of uh, de-escalating whatever was um, possibly building up. So let's fast forward now from goal two to goal number four. Um, this was the dink, wasn't it, goal number four. What minute did that come in? Because I've stopped writing notes by this point. 78 minutes and 24 seconds were on the clock when I wrote down that the goal had been scored. I seen that off some relation to um, what was being shown on the screen. Now, what happened in this one? Because again, I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I've written, well, this is the one with... Um, Calvin Phillips' big raking pass. Ah, that was the raking pass. He said, confused that with um, with goal number two. Because we were just dead good with all of them, so we should do that more often. All Rodrigo's goals were essentially the same. This is the one where Calvin, and I'm sure people listening to this 10 minutes ago will have been screaming this at their eyelaces, mm-hmm. whatever people are listening to this on. Um, this is the one where Calvin Phillips drilled the ball like a big ocean-going um motorboat across the pitch <laughs> to Jackie and he put it into um, Rodrigo to finish. So what happened with that other one then? The other one was it was um, I think Burnley were trying to get out I think it's Charlie Taylor tries to boot it clear and it goes to Jackie who weighs up his options drills it into the D of the box where Rodrigo spins and dinks. Just in the post-match chat from uh, Matthias Click, yeah, who's covering up for the fact that we don't know what happened in anything in the match. Uh, Click saying that people say we'll burn out, but our squad is getting stronger. It's really rattled them, hasn't it? In the same way that the fan base reacted to what was said about the burnout and continues to be said throughout by lazy pundits. Um, it, it's good that it's used, uh, being used as motivation. When you saw that game today, who looked knackered after an hour in that game? It certainly wasn't us. And no one says, no one even floats the idea that Burnley might be tired do they because it, they don't play in a style that look, makes it look like they should be but they looked fucked and fat and useless <laughs> and they should be in the championship uh, well they might be I think they're one Deitch away from really really struggling there I think if, if he goes at any point and their new owners who I mean who knows what they're about whether they're any good or not they might decide that they want to take a different path 
more attractive football, might bring the crowds back into turf more, etc. Here he goes. I suspect they'll bring in someone to play more attractive football and they'll get there and they'll find Ashley Barnes and be like, well, I'm going to need to buy a whole new squad because mm. this squad's set up in a certain way. Then that'll go wrong and they'll sack him and by that point it'll be too late and they'll be in the championship. I would say it's a fucking easy decision to watch Burnley and decide you'd rather see something else. <laughs> the most obvious thing you could do. 12 years he's been there, isn't it? Something ridiculous. He's the longest yeah, serving yeah. Premier League manager. That's correct. Taken yeah. them down, brought them back up, doing exactly the fucking same thing over and over. And then, you know, they lose 5-0 to Manchester City every season, who we beat. I think it's since 2012 he's been there, actually, not 12 years. Well, I mean, what's the difference at this point? <laughs> it's too long. It might as well be 200 years watching that fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, just an update on the injuries as well. Um, Hernandez, minor knock. Cock, knock, also. Hip niggle. He's just saying random. <laughs> Cock, knock, hip, niggle, what? <laughs> yeah, so we don't have to be sad about Pablo. He was genuinely injured. Yeah, but that's what they always say, isn't it? That doesn't make you sad. Pablo's in pain. That would be worse. So thoughts overall then? Just a jolly nice day at the office for Leeds United. There's not a lot to say other than... <laughs> I think that's why we've got a bit confused about when the what the goals look like and which was scored, because by the end... Especially with there not being much riding on things at this point of the season, apart from going up and down the table, kind of feet up, enjoying what's happening, just letting the letting the warm bath of Premier League football um, soothe our aching limbs. It does show how special Bielsa's side is, though, that we kept turning the screw on that lot today. Because as you said, Michael, then when they'd gone sort of two down, maybe even three, they were on the beach, weren't they? There's nothing left for them to play for. It seems like they put a lot into their game down at Fulham, which has kept them up and you just switch off and they're not that interested anymore. And it's nice, I think, for us to have, have beaten them comprehensively because the game at Ellen Road, we were a bit lucky in it and we, it was an early penalty and then we were under pressure. There was nothing like that today. Melier made a couple of good saves. We've not mentioned Melier enough, really, because the saves he made were brilliant and he is brilliant. I can't remember the last time he made a mistake. Oh, which that's, is that's jinxed, hasn't it? Well, maybe it has. But you know what? If he makes a mistake now, so what? He's been, he's been great all season, more or less. I think he's made... He's made one proper error against Arsenal and there were maybe one or two crosses and stuff that he could have dealt with better earlier in the season. But for weeks now, he's been pretty much flawless. And the saves he makes, like the one from Vidra today was particularly good. He stands up and he waits for to see what is happening. Whereas Bailey Peacock Farrell, he saw, just guessing where the ball was going to go. After it's gone there. After it's gone there. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the table, actually, and with two games to play, that puts us four points clear of Villa now. They've obviously got a game in hand that they'll play tomorrow, but... Positive goal difference. We're plus four now. And the thing that Michael was saying about beating Burnley is, right, they do generate, and teams like Burnley, that they hate being called teams like Burnley, generate this kind of fear among Leeds fans still. After three years of Bielsa, we've still got that, ah, but, you know, they'll they'll kick it long and we're, we're not always very good at that and they'll put us under pressure and they'll be sitting back. Four goals. We're fucking great. Doesn't... (laughs) We shouldn't be worried about them anymore. What about Deitch? What's his Deitch? What's Deitch had to say in the in the wake of this? Oh, I've got some comments from him actually. Here, have we, have we got the audio? I'm just having a look at, at the uh, at the audio there. Leeds have been fantastic this season. We weren't a million miles off, though we weren't as clinical as them. We're a million miles off, by the way. Just how on earth he's watched that game and thought they were at the same level as us? I've no idea. Well, these other delusion about uh, Leeds wanted to be fast and work on turnover and we didn't allow them to do that early on in the game and the one time we did we were misshapen and they score a goal and then 
no mention of the fact that we then scored three more. It was like that. It's that hecking bottom thing. Thought we started well, bit of a blow, conceding, first minute. What, am I, what am I supposed to do after that? We're, we're a good start. Um, he's also said about the uh, Alioski McNeil thing. Uh, one of the players noted something with the referee, so the referee has made a report on it, but we don't know which one of those two players has decided it's either Alioski has um, noted with the referee what McNeil said to him, or McNeil has noted to the referee the face that Alioski has pulled at him. <laughs> Seems to be where we're at at the moment. I think Johnny having to go to a disciplinary panel and explain that face <laughs> would be quite something. I mean, assuming he does leave us, I'm kind of all for that happening now. <laughs> Just drag him back from wherever he ends up. <laughs> um, let's wrap it up then with heroes and villains. Who are your candidates for uh, for good and bad this week? I mean, bad. Just there. Uh, Tarkovsky, centre-halves, general brutishness. Yeah, I didn't like it when it was Westwood in midfield, wasn't it, who fouled Rafinha and then moaned like fuck about it for, for absolutely ages, even though it was really quite a bad tackle. Him, I mean, heroes, we've not, we've not probably praised Jackie enough either because a goal, two assists, I think, or three, Christ knows, no, two assists today. We can praise um, Leeds United's Twitter feed as well for uh, using his proper name to uh, acknowledge his goal. Are we giving a hero nomination to Janny for his general antics and pumping it out for a throw-in and let's hope that there was nothing evil said in the exchange? Yeah, there is always that fear, isn't there, before we know exactly what has gone on. But for now, we'll say he's a hero and we'll backpedal furiously during the week. That's what football's all about, isn't it? Being hypocritical and then backpedalling. Bailey Peacock Farrell, villain for uh, not doing anything spectacularly funny. He's supposed to be a comedian. You know, you pay to watch. You, you turn up at the, the venue and you think you're going to laugh all night. Didn't laugh once. Yeah, well, just, maybe I did when I shot past him. Just being low-level useless. It's, yeah, it's, it's not good enough. Fairly really, unspectacular, is it? isn't it? I mean, I did laugh quite hard when we beat them 4-0. I mean, he was part of that. He shipped all four goals, so. This is true. It won't look good on his stats, will it? I'm just looking at the uh, the Fot Mob um, ratings because he was he was the worst player on the pitch at half time was Bailey Peacock Farrell and yes he was at full time too he got four point three out of ten which I presume is because he he didn't actually save any shots did he I guess yes that's the thing is and he had that a little bit at Leeds where you don't know what he would have done that would have been good because he never did it. So it's kind of, it was like that whole Felix Fiedvald conundrum. Like, well, he's kept 10 clean sheets. Yes, but he's done absolutely nothing. And then as soon as a, a shot is taken at him, he just dissolves like a wet tissue. Whereas, whereas Ilan Melier, 7.8. And Jackie Harrison, man of the match, according to the whatever algorithm they use. Not surprised he was good. And I liked as well. I can't remember if it's one of the goals that was scored, but they had a, a shot of him crossing the ball. And then he kind of, he stays um kind of in a crouching pose watching the flight of it onto the player like a golfer who's just watching where his shot's going is it going to roll onto the green and um, I liked it and I, in fact it was one that did get deflected away because I remember thinking Jackie gets a hard time over his crossing and that one wouldn't have counted as you know it's not a, a successful cross but it was a really good cross and it took a really good um, defensive header that was why it didn't end up in the back of the net it was a good Premier League defender headed it away just a slight update on the Alioski situation. Deitch actually said in the post-match Moscow, he said one of our players made a report uh, to the referee. The report will go into the FA. Uh, well, let's release him from his contract. Say no more about it. Former Leeds player. Former Leeds player, Gianni Alioski. Nothing to do with us. 
Um, well, let's wrap it up there then. Thanks for uh, for staying with us on this one on the match ball. It's it's been a nice day, hasn't it? A nice stroll in the park in Burnley. We might go watch the cricket on well, the rained off cricket on the pitch next to it. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? The feed we had, the commentator didn't address it until um, until a bit later, but it just showed some young boys moving some some cricket covers. It was particularly good because I looked over at you and that happened and you weren't looking at the screen. So you'd look down at your phone and then when you looked up, there was just a cricket game being called <laughs> off. And I was trying to imagine how confusing that must have been. And the American audience, because it was the NBC feed we were watching. I mean, trying to explain cricket to the Americans, it's it's a tough ask. That they the had best. to stop the rounders game. <laughs> right, let's wrap it up there. Then we'll catch you next time. We'll see you in a bit. The match ball. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.